You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, Northeast Louisiana. I am Jake Martin. I am joined by Matt Reynolds. We are so happy you have chosen to join us today. Uh, Aaron is partying it up in New Orleans. He's living it up for Mardi Gras. So no worries. No worries here. We're we're, going to hold the fort down. Uh, Let me turn Mike's mat up so you can actually hear him. How's that? Aaron, I said a donuts king cake uh, this morning, I'm sure. And, uh, of course, uh, spent the weekend down there. I think he did. And, uh, of course, I hope he had a raincoat. But Mardi Gras, on a scale of holidays, or I guess it's considered a holiday, right? I mean, Louisiana it is. I know, I know you're a Thanksgiving king. Uh, that, that, that's <laughs> Thanksgiving's great. They, y'all, we know. Y'all, we know y'all, y'all got to stop sleeping on Thanksgiving. We know you love it. And turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce year-round for Jake. But are you a Mardi Gras guy? or you know? I enjoy it. Um, I really loved it when I went to school at, in Nichol, at Nichols oh, yeah. down south. Um, but for the most part, it's it's good. It's it's. I don't know where I would rank it. It's definitely behind Thanksgiving. So, so you've been to the events down there? Oh yeah, Louisiana. it's fun, man. It's it's good. I don't know, you know, I don't know if that that would be an annual thing for me. I, I, quick story, one quick memory of it. When I was freshman high school, I was in marching band on the drum line, and we did a parade down there. I believe it was in Metairie. It wasn't in New Orleans, and you know those things last forever. You, oh yeah. You, by the end of the end of the parade, you're you're shot. And we're we're like a couple miles, three miles in, and you know carrying that big drum and. The tuba player was a really big fellow. I mean, he was pushing 350, and uh, he was he was struggling by the end of the parade. And we, we could see that. And then we got to a stoppage point. You know, the parade kind of stops and gets congested. And uh, several young parade goers thought it would be funny to throw their beers into his oh. tuba. And uh, so that's that's always been my memory. You know, and they're screaming, play your tuba, large boy. And I don't think they said it quite like that. So um, that was always my memory of the Metairie Mardi Gras parade. Uh, watch out for your tubas. Uh, flying beers coming at you. That's quite a story. <laughs> I don't know where we're going uh, with that one. Yeah, be, you know, it's not all just beads flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, so I'm excited this week. Yeah. Because you know why, Matt. Because oh. college baseball is getting started this Friday. It feels like it's it's. I've been waiting a long time for it. I don't know why it feels like it it, it dragged this year to get here, but it, yeah. we're finally here. Um. I'm pumped. We'll get into some college baseball talk today because I know uh, you really want to talk about it as well mm-hmm. while you're with us. Um, I got a question, though. I, I'm a little hindered uh, this, this this weekend. Okay. I have to go to a wedding. Oh, it's always something with you It's all, always, man. man. I, I got to go to a wedding in Jackson, <clears throat> and Taylor's in the wedding. So mm. what we're going to do is go to the rehearsal and rehearsal dinner Friday. So I want to ask everyone out there, is it rude? to watch college baseball while you're at a rehearsal slash rehearsal dinner. Now, they don't need me for the rehearsal. I think I'm good there. Yeah. The rehearsal dinner is where I'm like, Ugh. Well, I've, I've never been to a lot of rehearsals, but the ones I've been to, aren't they just more so just to where the party gets together and eats yeah, and this drinks? Is, this and is going to be time. a fancy one from what I hear. So, really, there's no, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of rehearsaling. A lot, a lot of rehearsal there, Jake. So, I think it probably is going to be a little difficult for you to, you know, uh, check your app and watch any kind of baseball on your phone during, you know, the, the eating and the socializing and the drinking. 
although I could see why you would have the urge to want to. But I think that's going to be difficult to do. I'll find a way. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you might have sure. to find a corner of uh, where you're at and, and check it out now. Of course, uh, LSU baseball opening up at the box at home. But uh, Tech traveling out to Pepperdine yes. in Malibu. That's got to be a, a good way to, to get out of this rainy, cold weather we've had lately. Get out there to, to Malibu to start the season. No kidding. And, uh, of course, ULM. They get the homes, I think, eight straight home games to start the season. And then you got Grambling coming back, one of the best players in the SWAC last year. And then we'll get all into that and unpack that later. But uh, it is, I think, I think the reason it's we look forward to this is because I know you, you cover LSU basketball a good bit. Uh, and, of course, much better than last year. But still, I think, in some ways, a little frustrating. And I don't know. I just felt like I never got into the NCAA hoops this year. Uh, it just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just kind of went from football to recruiting football, and then now just jumping into baseball. But uh, something was missing this well, year. Well, I'll tell you, this was an exciting weekend for hoops. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you that. And the, really, we've got to start with ULM. We've got to start with ULM because, you know, they go they go to um, Georgia State, and they, they pull off this incredible overtime win. They, they win 90-82, to 82, and this is coming off of another overtime win, um, the what, a couple of days prior and so they go on this Georgia trip against the top two team, top, sorry, two of the top three teams in the Sun Belt Conference, and they come away with two wins. Who thought that would happen? I, I, I certainly didn't. Uh, you know, I was kind of looking at this stretch, going, man, you know, especially after the ULL game. I mean, we we all know how good ULL is, and to see what happened there. But for ULM to rebound and go on the road and pull this off. It's a fun time to be a ULM fan. Yeah, and not one, but two overtime victories against places where people don't come away with, yeah. with road wins from. And what, 44 points for, for Taylor McDaniel combining there and that win over Georgia State. Uh, yeah, it's, it's. I think I, I heard uh, Coach Richard with Nick White after the game. He said, you know, we're, we're doing something right right now. I mean, winning these games in this last little stretch we've had. And it was seemed like, you know, listening to much much of the second half on Saturday, it was just a physical effort down the stretch there, and especially in overtime for ULM, to pull off the victory, whereas, uh, you know, they might have tailed out in these type of games last year, uh, were very close in a lot of games, just could not get over the – get over the edge there in, in the second half. seems like they're being able to do that over the past couple of weeks. And Grambling right now, i got to be feeling good if you're a Grambling fan as well. Yep. They pulled off their ninth straight game with the 90-85 to 85 victory over Prairie View A&M Saturday. So, again, I mean, Grambling, ULM, you got to be feeling good if you're them. Louisiana Tech was not so lucky. Uh, they fell to Old Dominion 82-69. to 69. Old Dominion shot 57% mm. in that game, Matt. Pretty incredible. Uh, LSU, they got a victory. Dwight Reith and Skyler Mays had pretty big games uh, in LSU's 82-66 to win against Ole Miss at home. L- I watched the first half. I didn't see the second half. I just, you know, was scrolling Twitter to, to kind of get a score after it was over with. I was shocked after the way they finished the first half. Yeah, so it, they, was, it, was, it was terrible. It was off. They were up by uh, like 12, yeah. 15, something like that, and they, they blew it. Uh, it ends up getting tied 37-37 at halftime. Second half, they came out. They took care of business. Uh, they did. It, it was very impressive. Now, listen to this. LSU now has sole possession of 10th place in the conference. They're two games back from fourth place. Hmm. They're two games back from fourth place. So that tells you just how competitive the SEC really is. And, you know, I would argue there isn't one dominant college basketball team this year in the country. Yeah. Like, the minute you start feeling good about a team like Purdue – 
or Virginia. I mean, they, they lose these big games. And I was looking, uh, the NCAA selection show, they came out with their top four number one seeds. Right. In there they had Virginia and Purdue, both of them coming off losses. <laughs> so it just kind of tells you where, you where we are with college basketball. And it also tells you that, you know, they are reluctant to, to thrust Auburn in that top four. Auburn's at five. I mean, Auburn Why? keeps winning. I don't know. Auburn keeps <laughs> winning in what's uh, proven to be a really good conference yeah. this year, and yet they're still clinging on to these other teams who are who you can't really count on. Well, you look at LSU. You said sixth, uh, picked to finish last. You know, preseason. I think most people, when they realized uh, the type of coach LSU was getting, and they thought that it would be a little better than that. Uh, but as far as you think they're where you thought they would be at this point of the season? Yeah, I mean, I mean the SEC. If that's a big wins. SEC is so brutal. Yeah. You're right. I mean, they've had <laughs> – I'm going to repeat it again. People get annoyed because I keep saying how they have six top 50 wins. Mm. And that was uh, last week at the time. That was third best in the country, which is why I was like, you know, if they beat Florida, I think they really do have a chance to get into the tournament. They didn't beat Florida. So I think we can – kind of still put those NCAA tournament hopes to bed for LSU, but still a great year. For, yeah, I think it's built the absolutely. foundation for, you know, these, these big-time recruits that are coming yes, next year. Next year is certainly uh, something to look forward to with LSU. Uh, Jake, but i got to ask you about UFC. UFC 221 was this weekend. Um, and we're, we might get this a little, a little bit later about how many people are watching these. From, it, it's, it was in Australia, right? It seemed like I was seeing a lot of tweets online of people like at, at bars and other places to watch the fights in America that were very empty. Um, now I don't, I didn't pay for the fight, well, it, <laughs> but it, it didn't used to be that way. Is what I'm saying. I can remember a time when there was a lot less paper uh, pay per view events, right? A lot less events in, in, in total. UFC. Yeah. Now, and it was a big deal, no matter who was on the card, because it was you just look forward to that. It seems like it's a little bit. Maybe uh, fatigue, UFC fatigue, because there's so many, unless you're a hardcore fan. But I thought this, these fights, this was one of the best events I think UFC's had in quite some time, for, for my taste, and really the type of action you got to see. The, the, okay, the type of action, yes, but the card going in was not good. It wasn't one you were, you were going to jump no, on. No, it wasn't one that I was going to pay for, and I, I buy I buy a lot of them. I probably buy, I would say, most yeah. of them. And so this one, I was just like, yeah, I, I'm not going to spend my money on this card. But I, I think the bigger thing with, with the UFC right now is, so look at their middleweight division. The, this fight was Yoel Romero versus Luke Rockhold for the interim championship belt. And, okay, let me just – let me start it this way. This is so uh, messy. All right, so Michael Bisping was the champion, all right? And mm-hmm. the UFC wanted to make GSP versus Bisping for the belt, but that fight was delayed time and time again, forcing the UFC to make an interim championship fight last, I believe, June or July for the belt. Robert Whitaker beats Yoel Romero to become the new interim champion. So then GSP beats Bisping for the belt at UFC 217, and there are no plans for him to fight again, at least at that weight class. So the UFC makes a title bout between uh, Romero and uh, – no, sorry, Whitaker and Luke Rockhold. Right. Whitaker gets injured, so Romero replaces him. A day before the fight, Romero misses weight, so he can't win the belt. He then knocks out Rockhold <laughs> in the third round, and thus we're still without a real champion and don't have any idea as to who is at the top of that messy middleweight mountain. But as where knockouts concerned, that's the best knockout of 2018 so far. It'll probably be there towards the end of the year. Um, now Rockhold, 
Is this guy one of the most overrated fighters mm. you think maybe at the moment? Because it seems like there were there was whispers of, you know, maybe he couldn't take a shot on the chin before going in this fight, but it, anybody would have would have probably went to sleep after that that finishing hook there for Romero there at the end. But it, it seems like it was a little – he's underwhelming time and again. I, I just didn't know you're more, I guess, ingrained uh, I just, in the well, sport. I've never been a b- big fan of Rock Cole just because he's very talented, but he's very cocky. Because uh, he gave his Tony Robbins speech at the press conference in, in Bisbee. <laughs> he cut him yeah. off one of the he's, he's, he's insufferable. Like, he, he's, he's, he's pretty rough. Uh, but yeah, that was that was my takeaway from the UFC this weekend: mm-hmm. the fact that the middleweight division is such a mess. Now, Mark Hunt is he from Australia or New Zealand? Uh, always, always thought he was from New Zealand. But they kept uh, he has ties to Australia. Australia. Okay, yeah. And of course, the event was there, and he came away with the loss. Uh, but uh, the guy was fighting was it Blades? Is that his name? Curtis Blades. Yeah, yeah. He, he's for real. He, he's so several good fights over the weekend. I knew you probably. Did had time to watch those. Um, I'm still looking forward to, you know, maybe getting some big names back in there. But it doesn't look like it's going to happen really anytime soon. Do want to uh, mention some some high school uh, news. First of all, Wasman went undefeated in district and probably the most Unreal. district in the state. Uh, they're now 28 and two, and you know it's got me asking: you know, Are they going to be the future state champs in 3A? I mean, we've seen them time and time again get get super close and, and fall just short. But, you know, still got to deal with Madison Prep, Sophie B. Wright, teams like that, teams like Peabody. So still a tough way to go, but going undefeated in that district, District 2-3A, really impressive. Uh, and then I also want to mention West, West Monroe felt to enact a Central 55-43 on the road. Uh, Bastrop beat Neville 59-53. So if you took Bastrop mm-hmm. as the 2-4A district champs, congrats. Yeah, I, I'm not sure the last time that happened. It's been a while, though, for sure. Congratulations to the Rams there. And they got super hot. Um, and I also want to mention, so we were supposed to have some softball tonight. Uh, unfortunately, we're not. Uh, the Hall of Fame softball games are rescheduled for Wednesday uh, at 3.30 at North DeSoto versus Mangum. 5.30, Oak Grove versus Sterlington, and at 7.30, Washita versus Gina. All those games taking place at Washita Parish. So if you're looking for some softball action, Washita's got you. And while we're on softball, congratulations to uh, the UMM Lady Warhawks going 4-1 and one in their opening Mardi Gras tournament. Uh, it was a, it was a, some tough weather to deal with. They still came away with a, a pretty good crowd there, I know, on Thursday night and getting four wins out of that. Now, you want to tune in and watch them play, you can do that on Tuesday on the SEC Network as they're going down to Tiger Park at LSU. be a good way to start the season. Tech softball, by the way, I, I saw they Another beat win, number yeah. 21, James Madison in Mexico. Uh, Carly <laughs> Jensen had a two-out RBI single uh, to give them the win. So, uh, big win for Louisiana Tech there. All right, let's get to our Louisiana starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's go crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. <laughs> Tommy says Bluetooth earbuds, <laughs> church, weddings, funerals, you're good. I feel like you might come away, people saying, is, it, is there something wrong with that guy? <laughs> when they leave, it's <laughs> just not being able to respond to most of the questions accurately. I don't think anybody's going to really be talking to me at this point. Oh, wedding, you don't think so? so. I, I think well, I'm good. Hey, Tommy might have the recommendation of the day, then. 
That's right. And uh, Quint lets us know that LBJ is the moodiest athlete. <laughs> when he isn't happy, the Cavs are a dumpster fire. Pouty, pouty. Now that he is pleased, they blow out the next best team in the East. Quint, we'll get into that in the next segment. Or Paul Pierce, man. It's his thunder kind of uh, yeah. stolen a little bit, but still a, a great night honoring Paul Pierce uh, over the, on the parquet floors. At 8 o'clock, we'll be joined by Jack Thickpin to discuss all these big topics and hoops. What a, what a big weekend. Uh, at 8.30, we'll bring in Nick White. This has to have been one of his most enjoyable yeah. weeks, I would say, as a commentator. He, Two overtime yeah. games. Yeah, I listened to a good bit of the game on Saturday. Great call there. And you can tell by when they're, when they're that good and playing that well against good teams on the road is a lot of fun. And get his thoughts on the ULM team headed forward. And still want to get into the Olympics a little bit. Had a couple of uh, interesting tidbits to hit on that happened over the weekend. Oh, we got some music for you. I don't know if you can top my Winter Olympics hot takes because I'm very knowledgeable on Winter Olympics. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did not. I did but not. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how you do. Uh, <laughs> well, is it ice skating or is that, is that ice skating? Yeah, that's okay. what I. Yeah, that's a lot it. of sparkles going on. That's right. Uh, college baseball. We'll get into all of the college baseball locally. We'll, we'll, we'll hit up the biggest headlines in that. Uh, biggest question marks too. We got a lot of question marks involving that. Yeah, and uh, a couple local guys, Jake, this year expected to produce a lot for that LSU lineup. We'll talk about that a little bit later too. Yes, and uh, plus I want to get into Floyd Mayweather's post. He continues to tease the fact that he's going to fight MMA, and then Connor. I'd love back. to see it. I'd, so, love to see, I'd love to see it just to get Connor back in, in MMA. Right. <laughs> I just want to see him back. Something to lure him back into it. All this and more, stay tuned. Uh, hit us up, 888-993-7762. We'll be right back after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. Drive the dream, live to drive. You want new window tinting for your car, and you're getting tax money back from Uncle Sam. Bring that combo to Magic Glass and Tint in West Monroe and let us tint you up. Not only does professional tinting from Magic Glass keep your car cool, but it protects the interior from harmful, damaging UV rays, all at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. New Year, New You. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked, and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Pata's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Pata's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. 
Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive on Sports Talk 977. Matt, I didn't get to ask you um, yet about what you felt about the Cavs trade. And obviously, I, you get to kind of cheat a little bit because you can see uh, some results from it. But, uh, yeah, I would mean, you like the trade? After, I mean, it's, I thought it was fun just the whole day it happened. I mean, that just kind of made the NBA interesting that day. But, yeah, after last night, you have to like it, right? Um, yeah. The way they just dominated Boston like that, and Nance Jr. I, and I've always thought this: that that guy has springs. I mean, he he has some life in his legs. I knew he would bring, you know, some energy on the court for them. Uh, you know what, George Hill, Rodney Hood. I, I think that it's going to work out to where it makes Cleveland the best team in the East. Uh, at this point, well, just one I, game. In. How could I argue <laughs> after what they did to the Celtics? The things could fall apart next week, and LeBron could be pouting again. But. Uh, you know, the, the trade deadline is going to eventually get here, right? I tell you, I, I liked it. I liked it for the Lakers, too, because they cleared a lot of cap space. But And they can get rid of Isaiah Thomas if they don't want to, you know, go long-term with him. But so I was feeling good about it. And then Sunday happened. And mm-hmm. that's when the Cavs beat the Celtics. And they not only beat the Celtics, but kind of what, you know, Quint texted in and said, they had fun doing it. Yeah, it was like almost a 30-point lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you see the way LeBron – celebrated that transition yes. three-pointer from Jordan Clarkson. When I saw that, I mean, it hit me right there. Uh-oh, the Cavs are back. Yeah. You know, and that's – a lot of people talk about the, the defensive issues that team had, the locker room divide, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. My thing was LeBron wasn't playing well and he wasn't into it. When LeBron is into it and plays well, I don't care who he has beside him. He's going to always be one of the favorites to, to come out of the East. Now, Kevin Love. Injured, yeah. When he comes back, does the what happens then? <laughs> does uh, the nucleus? Uh, yeah. D- well, does, do things change? And if they do, oh man, poor Kevin Love, right? Because he's going to get the brunt of the blame. But uh, you, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get the impression like that. The whole team was against Kevin Love uh, out of that whole riffraff that went on a couple weeks ago. I got the impression maybe one or two guys were. Throwing yeah. the blame and the shade on him, but uh, still, though that that's the question mark there. What what to do with Kevin Love once he recovers from that injury, and, and how does he work into this rotation? And that's like Isaiah Thomas too. You know, he was the one who was most vocal about the Kevin Love deal. And you know, for him, yeah. you hear stuff like the the agent, his agent saying, "Well, Isaiah Thomas needs the basketball." Did you really think you would have the basketball more than the best player <laughs> in, know, in right? basketball? And, and Isaiah Thomas, it's hard to. I feel bad for the guy because – I feel bad for him too. But, you know, when he left Boston, it seemed like he wanted to be there. It seemed like he had, well, had kind of got comfortable there in that, in, that, in, in that system, in that city, and then he's not there anymore. And he's he kind of getting a bad rap this year. I mean, Well, go back to last year. He was an MVP candidate. Yeah. Right? He was looking to make major money uh, because he was playing at the top of his he's game. Max, max out. Yes, he was going to max out, and then he gets injured. And I'll tell you this, too, about Isaiah Thomas. His situation in Boston, Brad Stevens is such a good coach that he could overcome the defensive issues that Thomas had. Thomas is not a great defender, but Brad Stevens could mask that. And and I Mm -hmm. thought, you know, once he left, it was kind of like, oh, he's being exposed. And not only is he being exposed as a a poor defender, but – he he just didn't, and I know he's had a, he had a good game with the Lakers this past weekend, but he doesn't seem to have that same uh, 
athletic prowess that he had before the injury, which is to be expected. Yeah, Shannon Sharp. <laughs> I heard he say, like, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas had trouble, you know, throwing the ball over a trash can. He got him pretty good there on his whole. That was right after the, the whole thing went down with him kind of getting on to Kevin Love. But uh, I don't know. I think it works. It does work out well both for the Lakers and for the Cavs. But we're just one game into this trade. And still, though, you got, you got to feel, like you said, it feels like the chemistry is so much better just looking one game in with this new rotation. Yeah, I, it's it's a huge win for LeBron and the Cavs right now. Uh, I got some more notes. Uh, Colts hire Philadelphia Eagles assistant Frank Reich as its new head coach. At least we think. Uh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> yeah. I think this one was uh, sick. Uh, Reich is uh, 56, has spent the last two seasons in Philadelphia helping the Eagles offense. Uh, he signed a five-year deal. Um, he helped that Eagles team improve from 22nd to 7th in the NFL and offense this season. Matt, do we care at all? Not really. Not really. <laughs> I, I think a, a more, I, I guess, a headline that jumps out you a little more from the NFL is Reuben Foster this morning. Uh, faces domestic violence and assault weapon charges. Now, I can remember sitting right here in this seat uh-huh. a year ago uh-huh. with Aaron talking about, you know, Reuben Foster, where is he going to go in the draft? Did he screw up with this the whole marijuana thing? Going, and a failed test. And, and San Francisco took a chance on him. And obviously he, he's supposed to be the centerpiece of this defense in this uh, 49er comeback that started with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. They're going in next year, they're supposed to have all this energy and hype going into the season. And it's been a long time since the Niners, well, despite that year with uh, Harburg and Kaepernick, were, were really good. And they were supposed to be great this coming up season. This kind of throws a wrinkle in that because, Jake, I think, you know, the 49ers can look past the, the marijuana thing. But at this day and age, with no, domestic no. violence, yeah, that's a big especially, let's be honest, playing in San Francisco, a more – it's a more progressive city. This type of thing is not going to stand. I think he's in real trouble here, especially with the assault weapon charges. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you want to, like, after you know, last year, you wanted to like the guy when you see him do his interviews at the combine. And, okay, the marijuana charge, you can get by that. But this is a little different. I think they're going to have a lot of trouble uh, getting past this, especially a guy that's, like I said, you're supposed to be a staple of your defense coming back next year. I agree 100%. But – I, don't, I still don't want to rain on the parade that is Jimmy Garoppolo. I love and, him. And San I love Francisco. him there. Yeah. They're still going to be great with Jimmy G. I love hell. the coach there. I love the GM there. I, I like the whole the whole thing they got going in San Francisco. I, I think they, with Lynch being over there, I think they're going to be a team to contend with for a while. Done a great job. This is a little bit of a bad PR falling on them. But it's so far until re- next season, I think that it's happened maybe at a good time. Maybe they can get past all this before season rolls around training next year all right matt this is your opportunity to shed some light on your winter olympics <laughs> knowledge well I, I i'm sure yours is more than mine oh yeah yours is more than mine but um i can tell you it was a pretty awesome weekend for for the american snowboarding community uh <laughs> hey and we don't have a, what a silly sentence <laughs> we don't have a big because we don't have a huge snowboarding community where we're at no but, but i can tell you you know in places like colorado and all up through the Pacific Northwest, it's huge. And um, Gerard, Red Gerard, 17-year-old, gets the gold medal on his last run after he you know, really tanked those first two runs. 17 years old, 115-pound, pipsqueak, Jake, <laughs> gets the gold medal. And that's not even the best part, really. The best part is, okay, the kid was born in Cleveland. His, his, his whole family was there. Now, 
when you think of Cleveland, you know, you think of like crazy fans, right? And you kind of think of Eagle fans in a way, Browns fans. Was well, that his dad was wearing a Browns beanie mm. and they were shotgunning beers before his run at eight in the morning in South Korea. Probably couldn't do that in North Korea. South Korea, it was it was a lot. It was it was a party, and yeah. then he wins the gold medal, and apparently it took a, a little while before he could get to his family. Uh, after after he won the gold medal, which if you look at his interview, he, he was in shock. I mean, he could not believe he had just won the gold. And he's 17 years old. He looks like he's 10, but he took a while before he could get to his family and celebrate with them. Someone had shown the dad a text from Bernie Kosar, a long time. Browns quarterback say congratulating him, and the dad reacted more excited about that than his son winning the gold medal. <laughs> Understandably, which it's just a really funny story and a great story, and uh, I think that uh, they probably partied really hard uh, throughout the day yesterday, and uh, gets the gold medal, and not the youngest gold medal gold medal winner for the United States ever, though, in the Winter Olympics. Jake, you would think so at 17, but apparently. A 16-year-old was part of the bobsledding team in 1927, I believe, or 26. So, um, still, though, pretty close. Great day getting that gold medal. Mm. I had to ask Aaron about that 1926 <laughs> Winter Olympics. Uh, uh. I, I will say I watched – I probably watched uh, 10 minutes of the Winter Olympics this weekend. 10 minutes. 10 minutes, what, yeah. What, what event? It was – I was walking into the room. Uh, my mother-in-law and my wife were watching the short dance. Uh, oh, yeah. Ice skating. Short dance. Yeah, you know, right? Uh, so I watched uh, the Shibutanis. I hope I'm saying mm-hmm. that name right. The USA, they either husband and wife or brother and sister. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, anyway, they danced and they got scored. And there were like some green cards and some yellow cards. I didn't really understand what I was watching, uh, just in case you, you were I wondering. never do. Yeah, never do but uh, it was, I mean, it was difficult. It was highly difficult uh, what they did and they executed it. But not exactly enthralled with it, uh, I'll have to admit. But anyway, there's your Winter Olympic update. Uh, hopefully, there won't be another one the rest of the show or the <laughs> week, for that matter. Uh, I'm ready for the for the real Olympics and the World Cup. I've never really been much embedded into the Winter Olympics, but watching snowboarding is fun. It's exhilarating. Just thinking back to Sean White, he kind of got me into it years ago. That this weekend was enough for me. I got my fix. I tell you, I can get into the hockey. I oh, can, cool. well, I that's can get the into sport, the hockey. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch that, but that's. And the curling. I know everybody's fascinated with curling. Uh, I'll watch that as well. But hockey is, is where what I'm most excited for when it comes to the Winter Olympics. Isn't curling just shuffleboard on ice? Basically. Yeah. Basically. Right. Without the beer. All right. Less Winter Olympics, more college baseball when we return. We will look at our local teams and preview the college baseball season as it gets kicked off this Friday. More after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. 
growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Are you ready to sell your homeland or commercial property? Then call Cowell Banker Group One Realty. Your listings on hundreds of the best websites in the country. A video tour of most listings. The number one most visited real estate brand online. 73% more transactions than our nearest competitor over the past 10 years. 110 professional realtors cover 17 parishes. We advertise in local media too. Call Cowell Banker. Group 1 Realty in Monroe, 3610300, West Monroe, 362-0007, Buston, 255-5302, each office independently owned and operated. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Shane says he watched none at all when it comes to the Winter Olympics. I'm sure he's in the majority, or at least most people I've talked to. Yeah. I can't blame him. I, I've watched 10 minutes, so who, who am I to judge? Yeah. Um, all right. More to – let's get to the sport that a lot of us have been waiting for. You know, Ready to hear those bats sing. Some have been waiting on the Winter Olympics. We have been waiting on college baseball. And we are less than a week away, and I am just absolutely excited. I was and, looking and at it. Of course, it. Uh, prep baseball kicking off, too. I, I yes. talked to a few coaches that were supposed to have scrimmages this weekend, obviously, mm. did not. But, uh, yeah, all that's get kicking off the same week. But opening weekend for the LSU Tigers down at Alex Box, Jake. And LSU Tigers, who had a real good shot at bringing home another title last year, couldn't quite get over the hump. A lot of those names, though, that we've heard for so long, not on that roster this year. And uh, you're going to hear that with a lot of these local teams we're going to talk about. But uh, LSU, I, I think, will bring back a lot of the, as far as the lineup goes, some guys that definitely got experience last year. But the meat and potatoes of both the pitching staff and the lineup, a lot of it's gone. Yeah. So, for, like, I, first you, you want to look at the, the conference. Like, where does LSU fit in in the conference? And that's where it's tough because you've got five teams in the SEC and the Division One preseason baseball rankings, top ten, top mm. ten, five in the top ten. You got Florida at one. At Florida's, you know, the team that everybody's chasing with that pitching staff. That pitching staff is just nasty. And you got Arkansas at four. You got Kentucky at eight. Ole Miss at nine. A and M at ten. You scroll past Mississippi State, and then you find LSU at fifteen in the poll. So, I I was looking at that, and in I saw you know. Some people were, oh, I can't believe the disrespect and stuff like that. I'm, I'm thinking that's a good landing spot for LSU. Yes. Because LSU has more questions this year than I can – I think I can recall in the last 10 years. I mean, this is this is one of those years where it's like 
Okay, Eric Eric Walker being lost for the season really hurt this team. Yeah, because you lose three all three of your starters. You lose all year. three yeah, of your starters, starters, all three of your weekend starters. You you then have to look at the lineup and you say, well, who who's going to replace Greg Deitman? You know, that's that's you got three big questions: the Deitman, who's going to fill the power role of Deitman? Uh, maybe one of the Jordan twins, maybe Slaughter. I mean, Jake Slaughter when he when he gets a hold of one, man, it's he put some power behind it. Uh, maybe he can be that guy. Um, my other question is, will Hunter Fiducia be as good as advertised? That's yes. that's the catcher that will likely start if he's healthy enough. Um, you see, you're having to replace Michael Pishkin. That might be that might be the toughest replacement of all. I know they have to replace you know Alex Lang and, and, and uh, Jerry Poche, but Michael Pishkin was kind of the unsung hero of that team and. Especially through Omaha. Especially through Omaha. So you have to overcome that. And Fiducia has been hyped up to be, you know, the replacement pretty good. But then he suffered a small bone fracture last week, and he may not even be available for Notre It's kind of like it, it happened around the same time Dykeman had that injury and everybody freaked out right. last year. Right, got hit in the cheekbone. Yeah. yeah, Broke it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. He had to wear, of course, the mask, and turned out it – didn't hurt, uh, didn't hurt his season, but yeah, you mentioned those guys, and here's some guys you didn't mention: Cole Freeman, gone. Cole Freeman was, uh, you know, hit over three. <laughs> he hit 315 last year. He had he led the team in stolen bases. Uh, Got to replace him in the infield. Kramer Robertson, uh, who I think when you look at his season as a whole, he had a good season. There were times you were frustrated with Kramer for sh- sure, but he's going to be hard to replace. Uh, you, you talk about Propierski. And you mentioned Jake Slaughter. Uh, I heard a great interview a couple weeks ago. Sean Ochinko, who's now the hitting coach, Micah Gibbs has been moved to a different position because freak freak thing, he tore his knee up real bad on a on a pickup basketball game, and it's going to need a lot of time to basically not move. <laughs> so they they moved Sean Ochinko, who was already on the team as a mm-hmm. as a volunteer coach, into that position and moved uh, Gibbs into a uh, director of player operations type of role. But he was uh, talking about Slaughter and how he feels like he has a potential to be a Dykeman eventually and to be a, a great pro, talked about his size, his strength. And he says that freshman year, you expect things like that to happen as far as, uh, you know, st- streaky. You're, you're hot, you're right, cold, especially. Right. And he pointed out he, Slaughter came from a, a small school, even though he played on the big stage a lot at that small school, OCS. Uh, but, you know, he started off the year with a bang. I don't know if you're first at bat, you remember, he gets a home oh, run yeah. first, in his career. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and Maneri yanked him out of the lineup for a while, um, you know, and that's, that tends to happen with, with him when, you know, you're, you're unproven coming in the season and you have, a, you know, a tough time at the plate. But what he showed there at the end of the season, once he had his chance, he was able to do some things. And, and Ochinko thinks he is going to be, you know, one of the power guys this year. He, he said that, you know, there's not going to be a Dykeman. There's not going to be a 20 home run guy this year. But he thinks there's there's going to be several guys, you know, seven, eight, nine home runs, as far as uh, you know the power is concerned. You know who all those guys are going to be. That's going to I think it's going to be some names we haven't heard before. But certainly I think Josh Smith is the guy that they're going to look forward to, to along with Slaughter. And you know there's going to be some some freshmen in there that they're going to jump on the scene early too, Jake. But man, I, I think the the hitting and the runs are going to come around, right? But the lot, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm a, it's, it's the pitching for me. It's it, really concerning. The pitching. Well, see, I, I think I'm, I'm. I feel most confident in their their lineup, and yeah. I and I feel confident in their fielding as well. 
Uh, I think they're going to be pretty strong on the field. Just mm. even if if worse comes to worse, if they have some struggles and they have to put the the freshman Hal Hughes. I don't know if you heard about this guy. They they say he could be in certain areas. He's as good as Josh Smith is in the field in certain areas. Let me make that clear. But uh, not a great not a great bat. Mm-hmm. That, that's where he has has some work to do. But in the field, he is tremendous. So if if you have to if you have to put him, you know way down in the lineup and just and, and put him in the field, I mean, I think you could be okay. Um, like you said, I think the biggest question mark is the pitching. Um, you look at it, uh, you know, Zach Kess blossomed into a tremendous closer last year. Everybody that was, was so fun. I would argue that Hess and Zach Watson were the superstars last year, especially toward the end. Yes. Like toward the end of the year, that's the two players that I think were talked about the most. And Zach Hess was just so fun, like you said, so fun to watch coming out of that that closer, uh, coming into that closer role. Now, he struggled last year and long outings. You remember they tried to make him the the, the um, midweek, mid-week mm-hmm. starter. It didn't really work. He he was great in the first couple of innings, and yeah. then you know the you stamina. watch him and you say, look at this guy, how big he is, how strong he is, and you just could see that like, well, why is it not all clicking? And then you get towards you know the later part of the Hunter Newman's injury. That that's what that's really yeah. where it changed it for is. him. They yep. put him in that closer, Ricky Vaughn wild thing role, and that guy was terrifying on the mound. And you, but you did see, the longer he worked in Omaha, the longer he stayed in the game, the, the more you're gonna, especially when you're used to being that closer. Of course, it's gonna be a little different when you're playing the top teams in the country. But this year, I think where you're going with this is that. Starting out, he's going to have to be a starter. He's going to be the Saturday starter. Yeah. You know, you got Caleb Gilbert fill, filling it in for that Friday role, which, you know, I think Gilbert can be a good starter. I do. Mm. I don't know if he's, you know, how strongly I feel about him being the ace, right? You know, like just him being your top guy. But that's just kind of the situation that, that LSU's in right now. And I got to be honest with you, I don't have a ton of faith in Todd Peterson. He's, he's expected to be the Sunday guy. And this is an interesting Interesting story because you say that, and we think back to last year, right? Um, team rule violation, right? Yeah, no in, in the, it Was it okay? I thought it was the SEC tournament. It might have. It was. So you're right. It was SEC tournament. You're right. That's yeah. Right. And then there was. Maneri never said this, uh, you know, on camera, but some of the other media members ba- said this off the record. He he called in. He says well, he got fat and basically. His arm gave out at the end of the year, and he couldn't even get velocity on the ball. And Peterson has, by all accounts, completely changed his body type this year. He was running three miles a day, twice a day, throughout the summer. Uh, you know, got got on a diet and has really worked on his game. So we'll we'll see. Uh, obviously, when it comes along, but I can see why you wouldn't want to put your faith in him. But the guy's it's a he's a big bodied kid. He is. He just looked out of shape last year. I just. Um the reason why is because he did let his team down. Mm-hmm. He, that, that team violation rule where, where he where he really – him him coming out put LSU in a bind, and they were able to, able to overcome it. But uh, I just look at – try to look at the incoming freshmen and say, who's going to step up? There's a lot of talk around Nick Stores, who was selected by the Detroit Tigers uh, for the 31st round. He's going to look a lot like Zach Hess on the mound. He, he's a huge, yeah. huge pitcher, 6'6", 255, out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so they went way up uh, yeah. in New York to get him. Uh, but as, before we go to the freshman, I, one guy that jumps out when I was thinking about the pitching this year, and uh, 
I was able to see him a lot in high school on the football field was Matthew Beck, a, a team right. that played Ash. I was calling their games for uh, all four years of his high school. And what jumped out even as a freshman, it was his, his live arm. He was a starting quarterback for 5A high school. He didn't have that great of a year. Uh, no, freshman he didn't. season. He didn't. And the strange thing is he his velocity was, was less than when he was in high school. He was throwing in the low, uh, lower 90s. He was in, in high school at times last year. He was like, in, in 82, 83, and that's that's not very good, especially for a six foot seven, uh, two hundred twenty pound kid. He's gonna have to be much better this year because yeah. that bullpen is so questionable. Yes, he's gonna have to step up, and but that's what I was about to say. Uh, apparently now he's figured it out. It was just a weird hitch in his delivery last year, apparently that caused this this drop off. He's back, uh, you know, with a little more pop in his fastball. But it, you look at this pitching staff; they got they're huge. I mean, they have some big pitchers on there, but. As far as unproven, most of them are, except for Hess. And, and you, the Walker injury, I remember us talking about it last year, Jake, when it happened. We just thought about not not what was coming up in the World Series with Florida, but next year, yeah. how, how, how impactful that was going to be on this year's team. And uh, it certainly is. But you know, I, I think eventually they, won't, they don't want Hess to be one of those starters, but – that's going to take a lot of, uh, you know, innings for other people and, and guys that are unproven to kind of step up and, and pitch well during midweeks to, to take over that role where they can move him back in that closer role. Yeah. Well, we're up against the break. We've got plenty more to get into. Plus, we'll get to Louisiana Tech, ULM, and Grambling uh, after this. Ron Alexander, Clothiers for Men. Hello, this is Ron Alexander. Treat yourself to the luxury of our fine tailored custom shirtings. With over 500 fabrics, 20 collar styles, and a half dozen cuff styles, the possibilities are endless. Nothing less than a perfect fit results with shirts sewn to your specific measurements. Throughout this month, purchase five custom shirts and your sixth shirt is free. You owe it to yourself to find out what others already know. Knowing how to dress is knowing where to buy. North 18th Street, Monroe. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward. 
Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back. We were just getting into our college baseball preview. It's all going down this Friday. Season gets started. Uh, we were in the middle of our LSU preview. We went a little little long, Matt. But yeah. uh, we can kind of put a bow on that. Um, essentially, we have these question marks about LSU because, you know, while they do have a lot of talent, while they do return, you know, guys like Zach Watson, who – was incredible down the stretch. I mean that and that and that doesn't even do him justice. Like he was so good in center field plus his bat. I mean hitting, you know, four home runs. In, in no, the, no shocker to us. I, 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 but I think we expected him to be great after you know covering him in high school. But it is kind of shocking how consistent he was throughout the year. He led the team in average three seventeen on the year. Uh, hit nine home runs, thirty seven RBIs. He's a preseason Golden Spikes candidate, along with Zach Hess. Uh, the, and, the, and I mentioned the Sean Ochinku interview earlier, the new uh, move to hitting coach for LSU. He, he thinks he's going to be one of the bell cows this year, and, and, and he should be. Uh, but I think what gets overlooked with how well he did at the plate was, you look back to the SEC tournament, running down those balls in the outfield. play Because I'd never seen him play the outfield. We'd always seen him, what, at shortstop. Yeah. <laughs> he is – one of the best outfielders, I think, in the SEC coming back this year. And I think that's what makes him the total package there, Jake. Um, along with him, we didn't mention Duplantis, yeah. uh, a guy that, you know, now going to be in his third year with LSU that's, um, I think, really one of the best hitters LSU's obviously going to have this year. Going to really need him to be, you know, clutch clutch hitter for him in those go-to moments. Uh, but the guy, two guys we just mentioned, I think, have to really be consistent all year long. There's no doubt, and they're going to be, you know, you know, you circle them in the lineup, and then, like we mentioned, also, you what know, about the twins? When are they going to? When twins? are they going to step over and and take it to the next level? We, you know, every, it got so frustrating last year, Jake. Every broadcast uh, during you know the whole run through the playoffs and up in Omaha, what what did the announcers, all of them, say? Well, they're the Little League World Series right. champ. Okay, that's great. Okay, but what have they done at LSU? Well, Bryce didn't even play last year. Right, and he was expected to, you know, have a breakout year by all accounts, and then had that injury preseason. Uh, but, and I say this, Bo Jordan took a lot of flack, but he had some moments there, uh, you know, towards the end of the season where he's able to, uh, you know, get a couple clutch hits. So, but I just don't think they're quite what maybe the fan base expected when when they came into the program. Yeah, but we'll, we'll see how, how that fares out there. Somebody's going to have to step up and be that power guy. I'm hopeful that Jake Slaughter ends up being that guy. Uh, but the whole point of this was to say that LSU's at 15, the SEC is brutal, and they have a lot of question marks heading into the year. Uh, so I think 15's a pretty good preseason spot for that. I think there's two freshmen that need to be mentioned. Paducha, who is the catcher that yeah. you mentioned that's injured, expected to be back. Um Maneri and the staff thinks he's could be the most the biggest power hitter on the team. Of course, at LSU, Eunice had a great season, and Cabrera, uh, the freshman, left-handed freshman that um, was picked by the Padres, I, I believe, in the 22nd round. He's going to be a starter immediately. Those two freshmen, I, I think, are going to be kind of like what you saw, you know, with Watson last year and Josh Smith. Those are going to be the two kind of splash freshmen that are going to look for an impact immediately in the lineup. Yeah. All right. So we got to move on. Uh, we got to get to these other schools. ULM, you know, when I look at ULM, is it just me or 
you just expect this ULM baseball team to be much improved from a season ago? I don't know if it's because of the Mike Michael Federico hire or, you know, because you got a lot of guys coming back. But, you know, I just have a, a positive outlook about this team. And, and we had, you know, Federico on the show a couple of weeks ago. I can't help but be impressed with that yeah. guy. I mean, it, very, very impressive guy. Well, and I'd, I'd expect it to be more stable. It was just such a – such disarray around this team. You get to the midpoint of the season, and this team was just such in such disarray because of the coaching situation, what was going on there. But you, I just think back to last year, ULM starts the season off and beats uh, Dallas Baptist, first game of the year. Yeah. Of course, they, they didn't get the, uh, the sweep, but um, you were thinking, okay, all right. And then, of course, the wheels come off against McNeese State. And then, you know, with, with Petty and all that, the way that played out, it became more of like, well, what's – how – you know, where's the bottom at here? And I think that's the way most ULM fans kind of expected things to go. And uh, with Federico, it's just it's just a, a new burst of energy, right? You got a, you, you, you got a lot of guys back, Jake, but you start out at home with your first eight games. I think that's a good way, you know, to kind of get your get, – get some stability uh, going into this baseball season. But the main thing is I, I think you have to really look at this ULM program. They've won conference titles in the past. They, they've – They've played in, in the regionals. They've got guys in the pros. There, there's a tradition here. You're going to have to get a lot of more support there. And I think uh, if they get that, you know, Joey Trappe talked about it a lot last year. He just That's a big part of making these teams successful, you know, getting behind them. And with these first stretch of games, that's a good chance for people to come out and see them. Hopefully the weather cooperates uh, this weekend as uh, they got coming into town. Who we got? Eastern got Illinois. Eastern Illinois. And yep. then – uh, next midweek game, you got Northwestern State, then uh, Northern Kentucky uh, before they get on the road against Jackson State and then go up to Southern Illinois. But, yeah, all winnable games. I mean, you, if you think, you know, you come away with this home stretch with a winning record, that's a, that's a good little boost to start the season for this ULM team who's picked to finish last, you know, uh, in their conference. A lot, a lot of expectations there. But I think most people around the team and it's the guys on the team, obviously, but the family members, I've talked to a couple of them, they think, There'll be more than 12 wins this year. Uh, it'll, it'll be a better year than that. It'll be better than 6-23 and 23 in conference play. Yes, yes. Yeah, South Alabama and ULL are pegged as the favorites in the conference. And uh, like you said, ULM is not so highly thought of. Um, they, they were very young last year. You know, you look at it, you return your top three hitters. You know, that's 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 a very positive. You know, Turner Francis coming back. He hit 317 last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Spencer Hemphill hit 308, and uh, Kate Harper hit 293. So, you know, you think the offense might be improved, but I think most people will look at that pitching staff and say that's really where this team needs to get some work in. But that's Federico's specialty, you know, yeah, and that's, that's, that's right. where – that's I guess that's kind of why I'm um, a little bit more confident this year, just, just to have a positive outlook at, at, at this year and thinking that, you know, Federico has what it takes to kind of um, – Get push this team, give this team some momentum it hadn't had in, in, in quite a while. You know, right. you know, sometimes a, a new guy can come in and, and give you that spark, and everybody, everything new is ex exciting. Uh, so I think that's that's going to be um, a big help for this ULM team. Um, moving on real quick, uh, Louisiana Tech. You know, they kind of have some similar issues to LSU, where they have to replace so much. I mean, yeah, I, I think. Tech is by far of, of any of the teams we've talked about have to replace more than anybody. It it, it seems like 85% of their offensive output is gone. 
I mean, uh, in, in a lot of their pitching is gone, too. Uh, of course, you know. Nate Harris in, being the big one. Yeah, and, and they're, you know, talk, you know, listen to Coach Burroughs and uh, talk about it. There's really not a, a Nate Harris where you're not going to get a whole lot of Nate Harris no, in I your mean, career. That's but there <laughs> isn't one in the bullpen. And, you know, he says, listen to Coach Burroughs, I think that this team is not a lot of, maybe not going to be a lot of long balls, but, you know, it's just going to take some time to see which guys kind of step out. So much, so different going, than going into last year. You had all of these, you know, seniors that JUCO guys that uh, really you expected them to have that hot start. Uh, this year it's kind of, uh, I think, a lot of question marks, uh, but really so much to replace. 14 seniors gone off that Bulldog squad from a year ago. Yeah, and it's crazy because you've had, I believe it's top five hitters are gone. The yeah, top and, five yeah and then Brent Diaz, who could have came back, left to go pro two. Right. You know, add him to the mix, uh, it hurts even more. Yeah, it does, and and that these are these are big time replacements. So, you know, the Nate Harris one is the one that 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 really, it's you're replacing a superstar. I mean, he was a yes. superstar for them. He was getting, you know, national uh, pub for for what he was doing at Louisiana Tech. Um, so yeah, that's a big one. The names are lost. You know, the, the top five hitters. Um, but you know, I do like the a lot of the young talent. Like I thought they had a really good signing class. They got a lot of really good local guys, and I'm interested in seeing who kind of steps up and is able to contribute early. And I'll tell you, too, uh, Quentin Logan, who's a pitcher from Natchez, I got to cover him in Natchez. He went the Juco route, but, man, he's got a live arm. I'm interested in seeing if well, he can get out there and, and, and do something. I heard Burroughs say that the strength of this club is going to be the bullpen and the depth they have there. That really is, when you look at it, on paper, that, that jumps out as you as the strength of this Bulldog team. So uh, they get it kicked off in Malibu against Pepperdine, Pepperdine. this weekend. I think they're going to enjoy yes. that weather out there. Yes. And last but not least, uh, Grambling. <clears throat> you know, you look at Grambling, they went 15-9 and in conference last year. I think the most exciting aspect of this <laughs> team is no doubt Marshawn Taylor, who yeah. was, you know, no surprise, named the SWAC preseason baseball player of the year. Uh, he only hit for 400 last year. Uh, was first in hit. So wow. I think if you're if you're looking uh, for some excitement at Grambling, you need to go watch this kid play. Yeah, like four categories uh, there in the SWAC a year ago, and and really, you know, I, I can remember listening to them in the SWAC tournament and sand calling the games last year. I think they kind of underachieved there at the end of the year. Bring back his obviously offensive firepower. His leadership and uh, expect them to probably have another good year. Um, you know, I think last year was just they keep improving there and bring back a guy that hit over 400 last year. I mean, and led four different categories. Obviously, a good way to start the season with him on your in your lineup. All right, Matt. That's a little bit of our baseball preview. We're just a little too excited. There's just so many names you don't know yet. Jeff, yeah, on a lot of these teams that. Who's going to break out? Yeah, who are you going to say that? Everybody. I mean, and I think you, you could say that about Josh Smith last year, and maybe some would have said Zach Watson and Jake Slaughter that became names. For well, LSU. who would have predicted after Zach Watson didn't start? I mean, he yeah he got thrust into the lineup and then just took off and became that superstar. Yeah, who could have ever predicted that? But that's going to do it for our college baseball preview. We'll, we'll dive deep into college baseball more this week. I'm should, sure. Should Jake? Watch it on his phone during the weather reception. Let us know, 888-996-7762. Or is that a no-no? Is that against the rules? I'm going to do it. Nobody there knows me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. All right, we got uh, Jack Thickpin coming up after the break. We'll talk about some 
Local Hoops. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.